Hello, and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock, and this is the Crystal Marie McDaniels episode. Crystal is a writer, storyteller, and co-creator of the vlog CM Ski. Crystal, I am so glad that you're here with us. Me, 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 me. (laughs) Okay, I'm here now. I am here with you now. (laughs) Oh, but yes, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, man, I love talking about myself anytime. (laughs) (laughs) So Crystal and I, we went to high school together in the little town of Boiling Springs, South Carolina. Uh, But she currently now lives in Los Angeles and is just killing it. Uh, You've been in L.A. now for how many years? Five years. Long enough to still not have any money. (laughs) 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 Oh, and I don't think we've ever talked about this, but, um, well, I know that... I mean, with grad school and everything, that's that's really what kind of brought you out to L.A. in the first place, right? Yes. I moved here because uh, I love the weather, and I've always wanted to live in Los Angeles and see what it was like. And when I came to grad school here, I decided I really liked it. There were lots of hippies just like me, so I didn't <laughs> feel like a weirdo. That That is the one thing that um, I feel like Los Angeles has a lot of. And we were we were talking before we we started the the show, and you said uh, that you had been writing the whole day. And one of my favorite things to do, and everyone, please listen up. But Crystal is a fantastic writer, and your stuff gets I see your stuff everywhere. I mean, you do a really good job. To, I mean, of promoting your own stuff, but it gets picked up by a lot of oh, different yeah. publications. Oh, man. I guess my check did come through. You did say everything I told you to say. (laughs) No, I've been really fortunate to have um, amazing family and friends who uh, share the work that I write with other people. And I'm always, every single time I get a share or someone says, I really enjoyed reading this, it means a lot to me. And I don't take it for granted. And I know that... um, my work has legs, not because necessarily it's great, but because my network is awesome. So I am super grateful for folks like yourself and everyone else who every now and then shares it on their Facebook. And you touch on all kinds of topics, which is something I... Everything uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Everything uncomfortable is my favorite thing to write about. <laughs> why, why do you think that you kind of gravitated towards that as far as something to focus your writing on? Yeah, so it wasn't necessarily intentional, but what happened is uh, I'm a military brat. So as you mentioned, I did spend a lot of time in South Carolina, but I've also lived um, in other places in the country. And I feel like I have a very agnostic view. I have no loyalties to Los Angeles or South Carolina or the Midwest or anywhere else I've lived. Um, And I think that it gives me... um, hopefully a relatively clear perspective and things that many people assume if they're from somewhere, like if you're from South Carolina, the assumption is grits are amazing. Um, (laughs) You know, I personally think they taste like wet cement, but you know, (laughs) who am I to judge? (laughs) And also I, I grew up in a Christian household, but I'm also relatively progressive and liberal. So 
I get to see the intersection of those things pretty often and it ends up becoming uncomfortable, not intentionally, but that's just kind of the way it works. What are some of your favorite articles that you've written? Because you've shared some things in um, Relevant Magazine. They have had a ton of your stuff up there, but has there been any kind of like topic or um, article that you've written that you feel like is, has a sweet spot in your heart? You know, I knew I had made it when uh, someone commented on an article that I posted, this magazine is turning into the New York Times. I hate it. (laughs) It was an an article about the importance of diversity in the church. And I thought, wow, they have no idea what a compliment that was. (laughs) So New York Times, if you're listening, I am available. You never know. It could it could find people. It could find people. <laughs> yes, I'm with it. Oh man, but yeah, I mean, I I think the one of the biggest reasons too why I mean, I just I I think the world of you, but I really wanted you to be on the show because I feel like you. I constantly see you have conversations and a healthy dialogue with people who don't necessarily have the same views as you do, and I think that right now you know, with social media being such a huge, I think it's propelling all of this. It it could be divisiveness or, you know, it could even be people coming together across the country, world, whatever. But to me, you always are able to find ways to talk to people who it could very easily go the wrong way. Or, you know, it, it could be something where it's igniting some kind of hatred or anger but I'm in awe of That's... how you're able to like, but to come across on the other side, which is I, I think something that a lot of people want to do and they're trying to do, but they don't know how to. I think that's very generous, number one. Um, but number two, I think I, the, uh, the person you're referring to, the Crystal Marie you're referring to today is, is who I am because I had a lot of unsuccessful conversations and fights before. And I think a lot of times when you talk to people about things where you know there's sharp uh, areas of disagreement, if you go into the conversation thinking, I want to change your mind or you're wrong, you're disgusting, your viewpoint makes no sense, it's stupid, it's dumb. I think it's okay to feel that way. But if you present that way to people, there's no opportunity for really for them to hear anything you have to say. And I know with the past election, a lot of people unfriended and blocked folks. And I am totally supportive of everyone's right to do that. I think that self-care is super important. And you shouldn't have a lot of, um, it isn't really healthy to have a lot of perspectives that you may see as offensive to you in a way that's really messes with your mental health. But I also think that there's a role that some people should play. Uh, I'm not necessarily saying I'm that person, but some people should be willing to go out on a limb and have those uncomfortable conversations. And I have learned that you cannot draw bees with vinegar. Is that the statement? I don't know. I'm probably mixing a metaphor. With honey? You should draw bees with honey. You should draw, oh, see, I don't, see, I don't know. See, and she's (laughs) told everyone I'm a great writer and now obviously I'm not. Um, (laughs) But... Anyway, the general point is it's really important to kind of meet people where they're at and also go into the conversation 
um, thinking the best of them and wondering if there's an opportunity for you to show them a different perspective without invalidating theirs. Because I'm not always right. Don't tell my husband I said that, but I am not always right. (laughs) He's going to come back and he's going to be like, hey, (laughs) I heard that. Um, It's recorded. I, I think that's, I think that's a fantastic point and it's something I think everybody kind of needs to hear, you know, the biggest reason why I even wanted to start this show is so people could hear stories that were different than ones that they may know in their own circles, but it's also an opportunity to sit down and have a conversation or to listen to a conversation that you might not be privy to in you right. know whatever circles you are and I, we are so much more alike than we are different and it's so wonderful though to I mean honestly and I'm not that generous uh but it's so encouraging to you see. don't have to be you don't have to be <laughs> but you know you it's encouraging to see you have this healthy dialogue with people where it's it's a lot of a learning thing for me even you know I, I learn by observing and just watching that interaction. It's because you ask it. I, it seems to be that you ask a lot of questions, you know, of the other person, which I feel like it gives them an opportunity to explain themselves. And then it opens it up to a, a larger thing instead of, you know, what you were mentioning before of like, well, you're stupid. And, you know, these things are, you know, not what I believe. So you shouldn't be talking. But it's never like that, which I always really appreciate just as an observer, because it gets, it, it can, it can get crazy sometimes. It is. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about life and death issues sometimes, you know, when you're thinking about gun control or when you're talking about immigration and refugees, like those aren't lighthearted topics. That isn't candy corn or no type topics. That's, <laughs> these are things that really affect people's uh, lives. So I can understand how the tension can be high on both sides. For uh, sure. Yeah. So basically, I'm just telling you, like, you're amazing and just keep it up. Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't see what gets put on social media. You don't hear my rants in my home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we have to. We have to have some of that. Um, and speaking of at home, and you mentioned your husband, Ski, but you guys have a vlog that you created. We do. And... um CM ski and it's it's all about marriage and and what that kind of looks like and <laughs> us figuring out what it looks like because we have no idea <laughs> so how did you come up with a vlog because you you mentioned when you first launched it you were debating about whether or not to call it a vlog because that seems uh I, I don't know I guess outdated or I think there was some kind of conversation yeah. of if it <laughs> But, um, yeah, you know, I don't know a lot about YouTube, um, but my husband does. He is a YouTube fanatic. Um, it's actually problematic, you know, now that I think about it, how much time he spends on YouTube. Um, but I, I think the vlog format is typically, the from what I've seen, a lot of times you'll see couples vlog, I'm going to, start going to Target and follow me and see what's in my grocery cart. I'm not interested in that. And so I didn't want to replicate that. I didn't want to do something that felt just kind of like a live journal of my activities um, because I don't really care to watch other people's um, routines and trips to Target. Um, 
But I did want it to be something that fell down to earth and real and helped us to, and really, you know, we think we say that we're doing it for other people, but really we're doing it for ourselves because it forces us to really kind of look at what we're doing and does this make sense? And what are some things that bother us? What are some things that make us laugh? And it's a good reminder of how much we don't know. And um, we're kind of figuring out as we go along. It came from um, a ski, my husband, he puts together sometimes like these video compilations and they usually do really well on social. And I was like, why don't we do that? Like, why don't we have some videos that we do? And so then it became, I'm the producer, I'm the writer, and he's the editor. So um, it's a lot of fun. How do you come up with content? Because some one of the things that I, I enjoy is that you've done some reenactments. Um, <laughs> situations, there was, a, an, an, uh, there was an episode where you were reenacting how you two first met, yeah. which was <laughs> hilarious. Um, <laughs> so is it kind of like a joint thing or, you know, are you just like, hey, let's just try or is it a lot of goofing around or? I think everyone's how they met story is always I don't think I've ever heard a bad how we met story. Um, even if it's like we both logged into eHarmony and we found each other. I, I always think they're interesting. But um, one thing I have noticed in real life, not so much on YouTube, when you ask couples, how did you guys meet? Usually one person starts telling the story and the other person's like, no, 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 that's not what happened. Remember this thing happened? And it's like, no, that's not what happened. And I thought it would be funny if we both told our versions. Of course, they were a little exaggerated. Um, of of what we thought happened. And I think it's one of those ways to kind of highlight just the differences, not necessarily between men and women, because I'm a liberal hippie, so I don't want to say that, but the differences between just two perspectives. There's always two sides. What is it? Three sides to every story, your side, my side, and then the truth. So that's true. There you go. We remembered one. We remembered a saying, even though we yes. didn't remember the vinegar, or whatever with the B. But, um, <laughs> Did you hear that New York Times? We're getting there. <laughs> You're going to be on your way. Uh, no, it's so much fun to to watch that because, you know, I think that it is a re it's a refreshing perspective of marriage because, you know, what you were just saying of like it, it helps you guys get to know each other because I don't know. I feel like there's always that expectation that once you're married, you should know everything about each yes. other yes and how in the world could you even know no. you don't even know yourself no no I just learned that um chipped nail polish is extremely offensive to my husband um fun new facts and you know I can't say I knew that a year ago how? so here we are <laughs> and how did that revelation <laughs> come to fruition oh man um first it was a gentle suggestion. Hey, I want to do something nice for you. Why don't we go get pedicures? And I was like, oh, no, I'm not interested. Then it was, well, I think we should really go. You know, it'll be fun for us to go do that. No, I'm okay. I'm comfortable without a pedicure. Okay, I, I really want, I need you to go. I'm paying for it. It's going to happen today. Let's do this. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how I found out it was a problem. <laughs> Oh my goodness. <laughs> yep. So you have a whole new episode. 
<laughs> whole new episode. Whole new episode. You're the producer. Do we owe you another check? <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Um, <laughs> what are you uh, hoping to, like, what are some of the things that you're wanting to do with the vlog? Is there anything or is it a little bit more free and open-ended? I would love, and this is actually something we're working on, sneak peek, um, I would love for us to incorporate other couples and get their perspectives, um, especially what we'll say are seasoned folks who really know what they're talking about, and then some new marriages and new relationships, and I think that we're pretty cool, but I would love to hear from other folks too, so um, yeah, it would be great if eventually we get to a place where there's just um, a lot of perspectives they're in the mix. Yeah. Are you, do you guys ask other couples like, you know, just in general in like life, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of advice for all the time? What's your favorite piece of advice that you've gotten? Oh man. Um, favorite. I don't know if favorite is the same as most useful. Oh, okay. Um, we can go with most useful. I don't know. <laughs> um, Probably the most useful advice we receive, or I, I'll say from my perspective, is to um, not compare your relationship to other folks' relationships and not to um, really have any expectations versus ones that you create for yourselves. Um, that's been pretty helpful. Um, probably my favorite was it's okay to go to bed mad. As long as you, um, as long as you let him uh, rub on your butt a little bit before you go to sleep, <laughs> is that okay? I mean, I'm, like, just, I'm, just, I'm just being real. I like it. I like it. My a good friend of mine. She's been married for 11 years, and uh, she says sometimes they go to bed mad, but she never lets the blankets separate their bodies. <laughs> You're gonna see that on bumper stickers everywhere. <laughs> It's about to blow up. The New York Times is going to call you and be like, hey. Yes. We like your butt. We, we like your butt stuff. No, that's bad. Yes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, girl. So uh, I saw you not too long ago and you came, you guys. Um, you and Ski were stopping. You were came through Nashville, and we did not take a picture. I'm very upset about we, it. We did not take a picture. I thought of it as I was walking away, and you were already in the car. And I was like, "Dang it!" And then you sent me a message, and yeah. um, but it was so good to see you. And you have to come back to Nashville, or I have I to come to LA uh, because we both travel. All the it's time. True. Uh, I bet Nashville is cooler than LA, though. I bet it is. I I don't know. Well, I mean, a lot of people are moving. It's here and there. It's it's all kinds of I things. Believe it. But there's a lot of California people. A lot of California. Oh, they're people. probably ruining it. Probably we we <laughs> tend we, we tend to do that. Other people ruin California, then we ruin everything else oh, for everyone else. Uh, but you all were in Chicago. A little bit before we were. I saw you, and mm-hmm. I you were visiting friends, right? 
Yes. Um, we have friends who are under the impression that we have more money than we do. So they invited us to come to a baby shower. Um, so we flew to Chicago for a baby shower. That, that's a real thing that happened. Uh, also, um, Ski had never been to Chicago, so it was it kind of worked out. And we hadn't seen them, and they've come to see us, so it was only fair that we at some point um, invest real dollars in that friendship. So <laughs> we <laughs> we went to Chicago. We did all this super touristy stuff. We got a tour of the Cup Stadium. Um, we uh, got some popcorn which from that place, whatever that popular Garrett's popcorn, which we promptly left at a bus stop. Um, did not take home, but we had a great time. Everyone was super friendly. Everyone that we met anyway, uh, the Uber drivers were really friendly and I have nothing bad to say about Chicago. Despite what other people say about Chicago, I have nothing bad to say about Chicago. Your pictures looked awesome. I still have not been to Chicago, which I feel like is a travesty. Oh man. I strongly recommend within a certain calendar portion of the calendar year. Yeah, no. And it's, and, but I totally relate to your friends thinking that you have more money than you do. Yeah. What's that about? I feel like that. I, I don't know. I thought at a certain point I would feel differently, but turns <laughs> out I don't. <laughs> well, what was crazy is we thought we were uh, really special for flying in from L.A. to this baby shower. And it turns out everyone flew in. There were people from all over the country at this baby shower. So... Like, oh, okay. It felt a little bit like a wedding. Hey, the baby's here. We're happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I was in a wedding last year, and the whole entire time I felt like Kristen Wiig from Bridesmaids. Just straight <laughs> up. I was like, hey, can we do the cheapest thing possible? Hey, do, you know, and then it just never was. And I was like, all right, yeah. I can't, I can't control this yeah. train. It's just going to be whatever it is. And I'm going to, and also like, I didn't even going back to, you're talking about pedicures, all of the bridesmaids got pedicures and I did not. Cause mm-hmm. I was like, I am saving my money. Yeah. I am, CVS, CVS will take care of you. Man, the mother of the <laughs> bride who I've known all my life. She, we were at the salon and she was like, um, you're not, you're not getting a pedicure, but like look down at my feet. Like, mm, really? Are you sure? Are you, <laughs> are you positive? Don't like, you love that? Oh, she and my mom are like the exact same person. So it was like spending an yeah, entire It's week. a gene. All the moms have it. It's like, are you sure? Are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> Hi mom. How you doing? What's up with your eyebrows? Okay. That's what we're doing today. <laughs> that is one thing that unites all of the races and the nationalities. All of the moms, they have something to say about how you look. Isn't that the truth? I feel like everybody, that is the universal thing where you're like, oh, my mom, she's coming to town or whatever it is. Yep. Yep. No, love you. Love you, mom. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. But something I wanted to circle back to, because I'm always interested how it starts. We talked a little bit about your writing and, you know, the things that you love. But do you, are you regularly submitting your work or are people just picking it up and finding it? Kind of like, I'm always interested in like what people's processes are uh, to get their stuff out there. 
um, yeah, so a lot of uh, my writing initially was done just on my own website, my own blog, um, and I still write there a lot, especially when I write about, you know, advertising and marketing, the work that I do for a living. But when I'm featured on other sites, it's because I wrote something for them once and then they consistently reach out and say, these are a few topics we're thinking about. We think you might be a good fit for this project. And then um, in the most recent case, when I was featured at The Root, um, that was just because I'm friends with the editor, senior editor. So I uh, I guess that's privilege. I don't know how that works. Um, but Networking, uh, <laughs> networking and also hard yeah. work. I think that's... Yeah, well, <laughs> Yeah, we'll call it. Well, that's what we'll call it. Um, yeah, I think with I think if you're a, a strong writer, um, if you write consistently, I think eventually people will see your work. And I don't mean like out of magic. I do think that you should submit it to different sites and never be afraid to put it out there. And if you see if you know someone who writes on these sites, uh, reach out to them and ask them like, hey, how did you end up writing for so and so? Oh, can you send me their contact? Um, and editors from these different websites and publications, they usually know each other. It's a relatively small world. And what has happened to me once before was I submitted something and the editor told me, hey, like, this is great. I don't think it's a great fit for our audience, but I do know someone over at this website that would love to see something like this. Can you send it to them? And it, it works out that way too. So um, yeah, short version is just submit, 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 keep writing. And if you know someone, if you see something, ask you know if you know someone doing it and you want to do it too feel free to ask most people don't mind helping and if they don't help you then they can be dead to you <laughs> it's so true though i think people are a lot more generous than uh the general public or you know whatever thinks and mm -hmm. you know because if there's any kind of separation between you and something that you want a bridge, mm -hmm. you know, even if it's just, uh, you know, if it's an editor, or, you know, some kind of submission process, I think people get it into their heads that it's a lot harder than it is. And it's, I think you had it, yeah. it's, you just have to, you have to at least try and you're not going to be the right fit for everyone. Your writing no. style isn't going to, you know, and that's, and that doesn't mean you're a bad writer. It just nope. means that because even different editors mm -hmm. have different preferences and styles Very and, um, I think it's such a good learning experience, too, just to put your stuff out there. Absolutely, yeah. And someone may see something and, like, one word sets them off, and they're just like, oh, I don't like this. And you're right. Someone else can see it and think it's gold. So I always say, I mean, it's in 2017. Anyone can have a blog. It's free. Uh, the hard part isn't getting published, in my opinion. The hard part is writing the words. So. Um, I would say conquer the beast first of writing the content and go from there. Yeah. What do you do about writer's block? Do you have like certain times that you write? Because everybody kind of does it a little bit mm -hmm. differently. But what kind of works for you? I, um, I am fortunate enough that this isn't my full-time job. So I don't, um, or unfortunate, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't have to write often enough to a point where I'm, I feel like I've run out of things to write, but um, I typically choose to write when something really makes me either upset or excited, if I'm really passionate about something, or if I feel like there's something that I'm thinking about, and then I say, it to, I mention it to someone else, and I say, oh, you know, I was thinking the same thing, or me too, and 
how come no one ever talks about that? And then I think, okay, we might have something here. Um, and typically what I do sometimes, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of drafts that I have in my email that have never been sent and that have never made it anywhere because I'll send it to one of my trusted friends and I need to add you to that list. And they'll say, hey, you know, I love you, but I don't know. No, this is let's let's put that on the back burner. Um, so I, as far as writer's block, I very rarely uh, am struggling with what to write about. I'm usually just struggling with how to say it or how to present it. And so I usually will just try. One of my um, professors in grad school told me she said just write, even if you don't know how you want to say it, just write down a bunch of different drafts. Even if they're horrible, and eventually one of them will click and it'll get better. You just have to write it. <laughs> yeah, just write anything. Even if you know it's bad and it's a horrible idea, just keep writing because as you write, mm. then it, I think it uh, does something with neurons. You know, I don't know. Let's not get too far down that road because I'm going to sound sound crazy. But um, yeah, I think the more you just write about anything, uh, even if you write about Rocky Road ice cream, eventually it'll touch on another neuron and then you'll be there. Yeah, you just have to keep, you have to keep doing it. Do you ever get nervous showing your stuff, even in front of trusted friends? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I actually literally just got a text message while we were doing this interview from someone I sent the article to, and he said, uh, this feels a little too preachy. I would start over. You know, my first instinct is, uh, I thought we were friends. But <laughs> my, next, my next instinct is, all right, we'll go back to the drawing board. Um so, yeah, it is It is nervous. I have a lot of really, really smart friends, brilliant, like yourself, who just know so much more than I do. Too and generous. It is, it is. No, it's it's really hard to send stuff to folks like that because you know that they have something smart to say. Not in a in a bad way, but just something, like, insightful. And um, that may remind you, like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe this isn't where it needs to be. So I am always nervous. I am not at that level of confidence where I think that I've just – written another uh bestseller <laughs> one day it's gonna one day it's, it's totally gonna happen but no I, I hope i never get to that point because that's when you you know you start working really hard it's true i think there's some for some people i think that they think that they hit a certain level but i don't i don't see that with you as far as like feeling like you i feel like you're always striving for stuff and you're always doing like i mean you guys She's incredible. I mean, probably one of the most educated, thoughtful, insightful people that I've ever met. It's really ridiculous. Um, you guys, education just means you have a lot of student loans. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> but life, educated by life. I mean, you were talking about, you yes. know, you've moved all around and stuff, which. Yes. I, I think. How many places did you live? Growing up? Oh, um, I think I counted it once, but I went to 12 schools um, between K through 12. Yep, 12 schools. So it's almost like a school every year, although it didn't work out that way. But, yep, a lot oh of schools. God. A lot of schools. Anywhere that uh, was, I want um, not even like a favorite, but just, I don't know, some. Yeah. Um, one thing that was really weird was I, I went to, I lived in Texas for three years and I went to school in Fort Hood, which several years later was a site of a terrorist attack. So that was a nice 
near Miss. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've been there. So um, I do think that going to school on a military um, on a military base is pretty cool because you usually have other kids that have traveled, and you, even though you might be the new kid. Everyone else has been the new kids, so there's a lot of understanding. And then there are a lot of kids there that are kind of biracial because they, their parents have met their parents overseas, and there's always a nice, good mix going on there. So that was probably one of the, the more interesting places I lived in Texas. Um, yeah, good thing that you weren't there. Um, that's crazy. I'm still, like, reeling from you saying that. Um yeah, it was, it was, it was crazy. Uh, I mean, I don't, you know, yeah, it's unfortunate for whoever was there, but, um, yeah, it was a nice near miss for me. I'm sh- for sure. Do you think moving around so much when you were younger kind of, uh, made you a little bit more brave in a lot of ways? Like, you know, it's, I think some people get uh, tied to where they're from or, you know, whatever it is, you know, if they haven't had a lot of change, but do you feel that that constant change helped you embrace that, you know, sort of moving around and having to try new things? Oh, for sure. I think it's also contributed to my commitment issues. Um, I never, (laughs) I always feel like this is what I'm doing right now, but this isn't what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Like this is just, Everything feels very, um, it's a miracle I got married, now that I think about it. Um, But yeah, I I do think that it's definitely contributed to, I don't feel as awkward as other people when I'm meeting new people. I'm very rarely nervous about um, a new client or a new face. Um, I'm more nervous about people that I already know and what they think about me because I hold them in such high regard and um, I want to make them proud, and I'm, I just know that they're amazing people. But for people I don't know, it's like, hey, you know, what's your name? What are you about? Where are you from? That's such a good lesson, though, because I think a lot of us get more afraid of, like, what strangers think rather oh, than the people who, you know, really know us. So that's always a good reminder of, like, it doesn't really matter. There's other people. There's other people yeah. reading your work and not liking it and then emailing you and telling you. Yeah, that's, again, are harassing you about how you look like the New York Times, so. I remember I wrote a, I wrote a story uh, for Motto, which is part of Time Magazine, and I can't, I can't remember which one it was, but anyway, they had tweeted it out, and this man commented and he was like oh I wish that you know I could write a simplistic article and you know it get published by Time magazine oh let's beat him up (laughs) but the best part was because I saw you know and part of you wants to respond you know and there's always that thing where you're like (gasps) but I was like no I'm not going to I told my brother about it and he he just responded. He's like, for real? He's like, oh, you have haters? He was like, you're legit now. And I was like. It's true. It's true. Nobody goes after people who, you know, aren't doing anything. So. Oh, you got to do something crazy. <laughs> but I, I, mean. I, I still I still think sometimes I'm like, maybe I'll just go back and, and respond. But no, no, I'm not. No, but you're an, you're an excellent writer. I, I remember reading a lot of what you wrote for time and I enjoyed it. So. Well, thank um, you. Hey, who cares what that crazy person said? Who cares? 
Who cares? Y- you're my friend. So exactly. That's all exactly. that matters. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I mean, I just, I'm so glad that we were able to like take some time and chat about I things. I know. The babe camp should become a real place. How cool would that be? Do what? The babe camp should become like a real place. I know. That's my dream. That's like Wayne's world, but better. <gasps> oh my. <laughs> if I could find a basement. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll deck it, it out. You'll, you'll have to come, you'll have to come to Nashville and. I'm in. And check it out. And, um, yeah, I, Crystal, thank you so much for just popping in and, you know, it's, it's always like so wonderful too when you have known good people in your life and that they've stuck around and you're, uh. You're a, spe- mm-hmm. you're a special lady. You guys, you guys, I can't <laughs> cry on a podcast. My first podcast. <laughs> oh, man. But um, why don't you tell everyone where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Um, hmm. So many places. <laughs> um, so my Twitter is crystalmariecom, as in crystalmarie.com, which is also my website. Um, and then also our really cool vlog with my super duper handsome husband, um, who, by the way, I think he should be the next James, James Bond. You should go look at our vlog and say, you'll see him. You're like, you know what? He should be James Bond. Um, our vlog is C M ski as in ski down slope vlog V L O G. And we have, we're on all the socials or as my mom says, all the Twitters, Instagram, (laughs) Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Uh, but I, se- I second, he should be the new James Bond. It's And I promise we will never in- force you to endure a video where we go shopping in Target. We're never <laughs> going to do anything that way. <laughs> oh, man. The, no offense to probably some really well-accomplished people that do that for a living and don't have to go to work every day. No, nope, but, but everybody not, has their thing. It's everybody, not my thing. Everybody has their thing. Oh, yes. man. Well, um, thank you again, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, make sure to check Crystal out for real, because you do not want to miss her writing, and especially just looking at her and her husband. I don't think I've seen a more beautiful, <laughs> I don't think I've seen a more beautiful more, couple. It's- more importantly, <laughs> make sure you check out the next episode of The Bacon. <laughs> it's so good. I love it. I love it. And I'm a podcast nerd, so oh. I feel like I have some, this, I should have some weight here. Okay. Yes. Please listen to her because <laughs> she's way smarter <laughs> than I am. But um, thank you, everyone. Uh, make sure to also check out uh, Babe Cave on Facebook and Instagram at Babe Cave Studios and we will uh, see you next week.